Science fiction has helped society look to the future with shows like Star Trek, Doctor Who, and Battlestar Galactica. And movies like Star Wars, The Matrix, and The Avengers have helped us pioneer the use of new technologies and to never give up on the human spirit. Fantasy stories like The Lord of the Rings, The Chronicles of Narnia, and even the game Dungeons and Dragons have helped us look at the past with an open mind, but have led us to question the fundamental principles like good and evil, right and wrong, reality versus fantasy, and to question our morality versus our humanity. Cosplay has always blurred the lines between science fiction, fantasy, and reality. For those to participate in the hobby, advancements in technology have caused more and more people to participate in cosplay. With the addition of 3D and resin printers, it's even easier to make and mass-produce the costumes and props from our favorite TV shows and movies. To the public, the ever-expanding worlds of science fiction and comic book conventions have led to more and more cosplayer interactions. This podcast is your exclusive space for science fiction news. This podcast is your place to catch up on the world of fantasy. This podcast is your place to talk about the role of cosplay. This podcast is... The Galaxy Folks, welcome to this episode of the Galaxy Cast. I have with me two people in the studio. I have with me Austin, the Ever Inquisitor. Hello. And I am your pseudo host, Bomb Crispin. So we're going to today talk about several things. We want to actually want to hit up some trailers we've recently watched, which we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about the trailer from Marvel's What If? And then we're going to talk about the trailer from uh, Marvel's Shang-Chi, which, by the way, I just saw in the theater last night. I went to the theater for the first time since this pandemic began, and I got to tell you, it's kind of weird to go to the theater really? after the pandemic. Yeah, it was really? kind of a weird feeling. I, I can't feel like explain it would just it. be like, well, we're back to normal. You would think, <laughs> but it didn't feel that way. You know, like you would think like, oh, my gosh, you know, it'd be just like back to normal. It didn't feel that way. It had a really weird feeling. I, don't, I can't even explain it. A couple people in the theater were masked, and I thought that was kind of odd. But, you know, that's just me. I... I I don't think masks are necessary right now, but all right, to those who would if. So we're going to cover those trailers, and then we're going to talk about a controversy that has come out recently, Mm -hmm. and I got some serious, serious, serious words for Disney today. Oh, yeah. Uh, We're probably going to get in trouble again. I don't care. Cancel us, Disney. We dare you. Bring it. (laughs) Okay. So first, let's talk about the Marvel What If trailer. Now, I do want to preface this. Oh, my gosh. This trailer caused so much stupid controversy this week that I was kind of like, okay, apparently nobody's ever actually read the Marvel What If comics. And if they have, they forgot what happened. Because the What If comics, by the way, are not based in reality. Not that Marvel comics are based in reality. No. But they're not based in Marvel's reality. They're not even intended to be taken seriously. It's not meant like, to be like, this is ever. MCU canon, boys and girls. Right. So for all those people who are like, oh my gosh, they recast Tony Stark. No, they didn't. And they did not recast Captain America. Then there was a headline, America. I think it was comic book resources, like, oh, they recast Captain America. I'm like, no, they didn't. Mm. 
they did a what if on Captain America. They did a what if on Iron Man. People, people, seriously, <laughs> seriously. I, I had a friend who like shared this commentary about one person's like, oh my gosh, Killmonger's the next Iron Man. I'm like, oh no. No, 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 no. And I thought that's what they were talking about. And sure enough, I read the article and they're talking about this what if trailer. And I'm like, oh, my God. OK, let me be clear. What if comics came out? I want to say mid 1990s. It might have been late 1990s. Show me some of the covers of it. And I've got a couple of them. And they make it very obvious with the, the fonts. Not exactly the same, but the right. what if is like phrase like what if Cap had a full super soldier army? Right. To go toe to toe with. To like, go right to go after the commandos Nazis. were super soldiers, right. not just what what if all, what if all the soldiers he worked with were super soldiers, not just him. So so the idea behind what if comics is exactly as it sounds. What if something, right? What if Thor wasn't able to control Mjolnir? Would he still be a god? What if Loki didn't have the magic ability to uh, uh I don't know cause mischief I, I you get what i'm saying like you, there's stupid what ifs out there some of them are fun and some of them are a lot of them the idea behind them was they're supposed to be fun what if the avengers were zombies and that's not a, meant to be taken seriously that by spawned the way. a whole line of comic books the Correct. what it the turn they to the marvel actually, zombies line timeline they, by the the late 90s they were some of the most popular comic books out there because kind of I mean, honestly, what it did was it expanded people's thought process about Marvel Comics and, like, go outside the norm, right? Like, go outside the box. Matter yeah. of fact, they tried for a little while doing what-ifs for Star Wars and a couple other series that that Marvel had at the time, and I thought they were kind of cool. What was the what-if for Star Wars? Oh, there were ones like, what if Darth Maul had fought Darth Vader, I think was one of them, <laughs> as, as a fight, you know, who would win... So there, there, yeah, there were there were kind of some cool what ifs out oh, there. Yeah. Some of them were a little off the wall. Like I said, the zombie one was a little different, right? Like there, were, some of these what ifs were crazy. Now, uh, I'm gonna just gotta play the trailer as we talk here. Some of the what ifs that they bring up in this this trailer, which I'll, again I'll provide them in the show notes, like I always do, are kind of interesting what ifs. Like if Tony Stark had had gotten attacked at the beginning of Iron Man, mm-hmm. but somehow Killmonger comes along and he saves Tony Stark, and so he doesn't get captured, and somehow Tony Stark survives. I mean, that's an interesting what-if, right? Like, yeah. Iron Man would not exist there's, were Tony never attacked by his own weapons. There's a, a what-if whole timeline called the the Doom timeline where Doom saves the heroes from these things and then basically converts them to thinking like Doom. Right. And the one thing that should be a clue to everybody is, if you look at the Marvel Studios logo, it's, it's created during this this trailer... The Watcher is in the background. Anytime the Watcher's in the background on something, that means he's altered history, he's altered a storyline, and it's not real. The Watcher just likes to watch and change things, and that's why What If works with the Watcher. Okay, I thought the Watcher doesn't affect reality. I think he just observes. He doesn't. He observes, but then he presents alternate realities. Okay. Okay, so there is like a third element to the Watcher. So that's the one thing I think a lot of people misunderstood about the Watcher. So then we see one with what looks to be Doctor Strange, and what if Doctor Strange... I think this one's more of a, what if he got caught in a different timeline. We see one where the, the we have the classic Avengers, but then it flips, and it's the Guardians of the Galaxy Although with Gamora's Thor. Gamora's holding... She's just holding a gun. She's holding Thanos' blade from Endgame. Maybe. No, it is, because if you rewind two seconds, it's it's that blade. And she's even wearing his shoulder pads. Look at it. 
Okay, it is Thanos. Is, yeah, who knows what that really is? But and again, that's got, the whole point of what if, right? Like, what if the Guardians of the Galaxy were the Avengers? It's a, it's, it's an interesting what <laughs> if. What if uh, T'Challa became Star Lord? Right. I'm curious. We have if one with Hulk and and yeah. what looks like Black Widow. I'm curious if maybe they're going to have a different person be Hulk. Looks like Loki brings an army to Earth. What if Loki, you know, came to Earth with an army? What if Vision, uh, the one I thought was hysterical is, what if, I don't know, Howard the Duck does anything? (laughs) (laughs) The one everybody's clamoring about is the what if Sharon Carter. Now, I'll admit, the Sharon Carter ones got me kind of sort of interested, only because I think it'd be cool to see Sharon Carter looking like Captain America. Or being the the Captain Britain, the female Captain Britain. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. Thor makes a commentary, I don't remember what it was. Uh, about Loki running too far ahead. And that's right. He's got it, but everyone else does. And that, that's where I'm like, okay, here's how you also know this is not based in reality. Sharon is not calling herself Captain Britain. She's, She's calling herself, herself Captain, Captain Carter, Carter, right? Like, when mm-hmm. has Captain America ever been Captain Steve or Captain Rogers? Rogers. That's Occasionally, just not Fury would call him, or uh, Fury or the person above Fury during Winter Soldier called him uh, Captain Rogers. Occasionally, yes. So, you know, it, again, the the idea here, enter the multiverse, right? Mm-hmm. And, and this is where Marvel, like, is trying to conflate your view, like, hey, these could be alternate realities. No, these are speculative possibilities of storylines that would never, ever, 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 ever have made it into the Marvel Universe, but are cool to think about. Yeah. They're really for fanboys like Austin and I, who really, you know, have time to sit around and wonder, you know, gee, I wonder what it was like to be Wolverine's, you know, doctor. I wonder what it would be like if... What, if, was, the, what was the one that uh, Big Bang Theory speculated? Like, yes, who who <laughs> examines his prostate and how do they not rip their hand off? Make you know? sure like, that he's got a good prostate. Oh you know, it, but I mean, there is stupid inane things we've talked about. Like, like if, you if know. Superman gets sweat stains on his uh, right. outfit, how does he get them? Or if, if Thor touches a robot, does the robot now worthy to actually pick up the, the well, hammer? It's the, whole, it's the whole conversation at the end of uh, Avengers Age of Ultron where it's like... Right. An uh, elevator can lift the hammer, right. but it is not worth. <laughs> but it is not worthy. Correct. <laughs> so there's, there's, a, there's a lot of what ifs in here. You know, it looks like they're going to bring in a whole bunch of people, and I don't know if these are all going to be original voice actors. Like, is Thor going to be voiced by Chris Hemsworth? Probably. But some of the other ones, I'm kind of looking at, going, mm, might have a hard time trying to find some of these people or convince them to, to be in a cartoon. Yeah. Right. Killmonger, maybe. I don't know if you could convince that guy to be in a cartoon. It's just, it's all speculative. It's yeah. all, it's supposed to be fun. I think that's the one thing Marvel the fans are going to... The one that makes me confused is the knows? head in the jar. Who knows what like, that is. It looks like out of Futurama, only because I've seen pictures of it, of like yeah. Reagan's head in the jar from Futurama. Everybody was also confused by this last scene here where we see... Uh, uh, T'Challa working with Yondu as right. a Ravenger, but it's also back to him being the Star-Lord versus... Versus Star-Lord being... Right. So, and, and see... Here's the thing I want people to understand about what if. And we'll talk about it. Maybe we'll review it. I don't know. I probably not just because there's so many things coming out now and it's kind of hard to review everything that's coming out. Yeah. But here's what I will say about it. It's supposed to be fun. Don't take it serious. This is kind of like the Modoc moment. Okay. If too many people watch this on Disney Plus and try to make it serious and be like, oh, they should do that. No. No, that's the whole point here, okay, is that it's supposed to be kind of like a fun what if 
but it's never really going to ever happen. But what if, you know, these kinds of things could happen? Yeah. And that's why fans like us were kind of like, yeah, that's a cool idea. I like that. And now I'm kind of like regretting it because now people are taking it serious. I'm kind of like, don't take that serious. Please, 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 please. So my what if is what if the fans could actually just relax and watch this show without actually thinking these things actually happened? What if we could live in a society that's not post post joke society? Let's not go there. Okay. (laughs) So let's go on to the next trailer that we watched. We watched Marvel's uh, Shang-Chi. You got to mute it quick. And The Legend of the Ten Rings. You're right. Thank you. (laughs) And this one was the one that kind of like last night when I watched it in the movie theater, I was like, what the heck is going on? So right off the bat, they show you five rings. But they're not the rings you would expect, right? When you think the Ten Rings, I'm sorry, every Marvel fan like me thinks the Ten Rings they're talking I'm, about. I'm thinking of Mandarin with the different the color rings, gem. right? Yeah, they're, they're and on for his those fingers. on video, they're getting it, but those who are on audio are like, "What? I'm I'm on like waiting for fingers right? on the ring finger, on the spirit fingers, you know, spirit sparkles." I'm, I'm expecting rings on the fingers, but they're saying Ten Rings as in bracelets. <laughs> Do you get well, like? I, 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 they're not exactly uh, the Ring of Saruman and uh, being able to shrink Even down your mother your... last night, who knows nothing about Marvel Comics, looked at me and she goes, that doesn't seem right. <laughs> that's not a ring. That's more... Right? She's like... That's a, that's a bracelet. She's like, I get it, but that's that's a, like a bobble. Like, like they used to call them bongle or bobble bracelets, and she's like, but that's... And I was like, um... Is that like an 80s yeah. thing? Yeah. Okay. They were a big thing in the 80s. That's fine. So then they show, and this is where, like, I'm getting confused. Like, what are you trying to do here? So they show... The, the ten- flag from the Ten Rings terrorist organization. You know, the one that the Mandarin was showing on, what was it, Iron Man 3, I think Iron it was? Three. It was not even Mandarin. It was uh, the actor who was playing the Mandarin. Well, yes. But let's. I'm saying let's suppose he is the Mandarin. So if you're – I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't know where they're trying to go with this, and it's really kind of ticking me off. But then they show the Ten Rings. The guy flips his arm down, and the – they, the turn, they go sentient. Out, right, and they become, like, extensions of his arm. They almost look like a whip, like a light whip of like, some sort. What is going on? I just didn't get and it. it. And then we have these almost, like, Street Fighter slash yeah. Mortal Kombat, like, So he, he swings his arm around in the next scene, and there's, and there's this, like, blue lightning blue, explosion. Yeah, like, I'm almost expecting, you know. Hadouken! You know, yeah, well, I'm either expecting that or I'm somebody, somebody come out and be like, finish him. You know, like, I just, it was weird. I In the theater, it was even weirder. I'm like, what are they doing to this? Then they talk about the Legend of the Rings, right? Like, they got to pass it on from father to son and are you worthy? And I'm like, yeah, that's what the rings are about, but that's not the rings we're talking about here. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So the whole thing was just, it was off-putting. I liked the conversations between the mom and the son, the dad and the son. I like the fact that she's like, like, as much as you hate your father, you are also your father. Right. Now, here's the other thing I did like that they're bringing into this. They're talking about the five elements that will be part of the rings, like water, wind, right, all that. That's mm-hmm. that's water, wind, fire, all that stuff. Then we're also talking about the classic. Uh, I, I guess kung fu is is the is the terminology the martial here. Martial arts. It's the martial arts. I'm not sure which martial art it is. I'm pretty sure it's kung fu that they train him in. I like that they've used the classic masks. By the way, that is a classic mask. Oh, okay. Yes. 
So the bad guys—that's their classic cool. mask. It, it it's looks an, good. Yes, it's, the masks. That's the way I, I wondered what the hell's going on with the weapons and why they got the blue lights. Well, yeah. Why is everything so energized? And yeah, are they saying like, that they stole vibranium from, from Wakanda? Well, that's what I'm saying. Like this was supposed to be classic kung fu jiu-jitsu stuff, right? So you're talking about there should be swords, there should be patakas, there should be, you know, stuff like that. And instead we're getting almost like Star Wars-esque stuff going on here. You almost want to, like, teeter on the edge of being that Wolverine movie the that was in Japan. Right, right. Where it looks like that, but you also want Yeah, the to, Seventh Samurai or whatever it is there. Uh, the Silver Samurai. Silver Samurai. You want it to be like the uh, the. And then here's, here's the Ten Rings again. There's your bobble bracelets, and I'm like, really? Come they're on. They're activated. They got blue lights. Right. They, they glow. I mean, part of me is like, you know, for cosplaying, all right, cool. Sparkly lights. Okay, I'm all over it, but... And then we see... Then her, there's her showing the wind, right? Yeah. The power of the wind. How to use it. And then we see this guy with a ring slash sword hand. Yeah, that's Slicing so. The one it. scene is they're on this bus, and this guy swings his arm around. There's the water. Mm-hmm. He swings his arm around, and a sword comes out of a ring. And I'm like, wait, what? It's not a freaking lightsaber, people. Like that <laughs> is not what this is about. It's like somebody decided. Here we go. So here's the Yu-Gi-Oh moment, right? Somebody <laughs> decided that I don't even know what that Yu-Gi-Oh like, is. There wasn't really that the ten rings weren't cool enough. Mm-hmm. And we had to do something really cool and spectacular to sweep them up. And I'm like, nope, 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 nope. So there's the Yu-Gi-Oh moment where he takes like, both hands and he launches, and he the, launches rings, the rings like, like there's some sort of projectile. There's the sword. Yeah. And I'm just like, really, it just it's over the top. It's like they decided to try to add tech. To something that was really cool that didn't require tech. Now, looking at the sword, it might not be a sword. It looks like it might be like a... I don't know. Maybe it looks like Claw's arm, doesn't it? Yeah, kind of like this guy lost his hand, so now he has a knife for a hand. Yeah. Uh, Which maybe that's that's how Claw lives, and he... Claw's dead. Black Panther. Maybe he's alive. Did we see a body? Yes. They even showed his body. Oh, okay. So I can't go with that. Sorry. <laughs> you can't use your no body, no death. And role. then I loved your, I loved your. What the hell is what with the, the heck lion? Is with a lion, man? Like out of nowhere, this <laughs> lion in the middle of the trailer, <laughs> just like just starts. Is Bye, it a buddy. lion? Is it a lion? <laughs> it's a lion. It looks like that's As- not Lockjaw. It looks like Aslan. Wow. <laughs> that could be Lockjaw. It has a furry mane. There's no way. More kung fu, and we see more of the ten rings, more of the the then power. We see Fing and then Fing this Fing was the one that got my attention last night. I'm like, that's Fing Fang Foom. My wife goes, who, what, what? And I'm like, that's <laughs> Fing Fang Foom. He's basically this big giant dragon looking. Thing. And it was funny because my wife did go like, this. she's like, who, what? And I'm like, Fing Fang Foom. And I'm like, oh, I'm gonna have to explain it later. <laughs> Meanwhile, the guys in front of us are all chuckling because they knew exactly what I was. <laughs> I was like, that's Fing Fang Foom. But then I was sitting there thinking, okay, wait a minute. So so my brain started processing this. So we're going to be okay with Fing Fang Foom, but we're We're not not okay okay with with MODOK. Right? Right? I mean, like, or or we're not okay with the Mandarin having regular rings. Yeah. Like, I I just, (laughs) the hypocrisy here does not make sense to me at all. It just really doesn't. Fing Fang Foom, he's okay. We're going to use him, but not MODOK. That's crazy. Now, and he does get the classic Shang-Chi costume towards the end yeah. in the trailer, which is cool. And then we have this battle between the five rings and five rings battling yep. each other. Yeah. And then we see Abomination. And then probably the most controversial thing in the whole the whole trailer. There's and a, it happens right a, at the end. There's apparently a fighting ring, and then you have Abomination just 
duke the crap out of a a wizard from the the yeah. What's the wizard's name? It's, it's uh, Wu, but it doesn't look Wu. like Wu. Wu's a little bit it's, chubbier. It, it, well, Kevin Feige confirmed it is Wu. It is Wu. Okay. Kevin Feige is confirmed it is Abomination. Okay. So there's a lot of rumors now that like, oh my gosh, is this a Hulk film going to happen? I'm like, okay, people. It, with all the love in the world, there's not going to be an individual Hulk film. Get it out of your head. Universal will not allow They're that. not going to allow it to happen. It's just not going to happen. Now, I did see a post on Facebook, like, just a little bit before we started recording, that said Smart Hulk may be gone. Right. That Ruffalo's going to stay, but apparently there's not going to be the Hulk merged with Banner anymore. That he's going to go back to being uh, Brute Hulk. Yeah, we'll see what happens. I, Hulk, I'm not even holding my breath for. So what did you think of the Shang-Chi trailer? I mean, is this, like, something that, that's worth... Uh, you, got, you got my interest peak, but I'm also sitting here going, you, you messed it up. It's rings, not bracelets, you dum-dums. I'm actually disappointed. I, I am disappointed in that factor. I'm excited to see... Well, <laughs> Ironically, the most important thing that I really want to see, and I what saw I want to talk about the Fing next Fang Foom and Abomination. The next podcast, our, our, our introduction, our talk is going to be... Our review of the Black Widow, and I can't wait till you go see Black Widow. I've seen it; you have not, so I'm I can't. On my, I'm on my way I'm not, to it. I'm not saying anything yet about it, but I can't wait to see if that changes your viewpoint on future Marvel movies. It may or may not. I'm just gonna put oh. it that way. That's all. Is it like a bad? I, I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna put, let. Again, I'm not pre blowing your mind. I'm just telling you, it may or may not change your mind about future Marvel movies. Video in Facebook land. I'm kind of scared because he's been dead don't, quiet. Don't go to Facebook right now. You're going to ruin it. That's what I'm I've telling you right now. I've been on Facebook, but none of my friends have seen it. None of anyone right. I know have seen it. Right. Just don't. Okay. Wait till you go see the movie. Then you can go on Facebook all you want. Okay. Our final thing we're going to talk about for our introduction. Then we're going to review two episodes of WandaVision. <laughs> okay. I can't believe we're, we're back here again. I, I would have you- thought Disney... Would have learned their lesson, I don't know, the first three or four times this kind of crap happens, but they don't learn ever. It's almost like they're deliberately at this point diving down this hole of, like, let's see how many times we can piss our fans off and still keep our fans. I would wonder if this is Kennedy doing one last thing before she's out the door. I don't even think it's that. I just, I don't know what is going on. I put money down in it that she wanted to maimed Star Wars in such a fashion that would never recover, and this is her way. Okay, so what are we talking about? People are like, what are they talking (laughs) about? So here's what happened. Disney has decided to rename Boba Fett's ship. Because y'all know what Boba Fett's ship's name is, right? By the way, it's not Boba Fett's ship. Sorry. Let me say that again. The name of the ship is not... Boba Fett's ship. The name of the ship is Slave One. I'll say it again for the people in the back. It's Slave (laughs) One. Not Boba Fett's starship. And I'll say it one more time for the people up in the balcony. Slave One. Just like Leia being tied to Jabba Eh? is Slave Eh? Leia. Not Gold Bikini Leia. Not Leia in the bikini. Not just Leia. Sorry. It's Slave Leia. She's a slave to Jabba. The ship's name Slave One because it slaves people up and brings them back. That's why he's a bounty hunter. Are we going to start going after that too? The name bounty hunter? Are we not going to allow that? Because, you know, those are people that bring people back to jail. Well, that might be bad too, you know. We've already uh, started making it so you can't kill clones. 
Bad Batch. Yeah, we'll talk about that when we get into Bad Batch. Something <laughs> that my son and I realized like recently. Two that, or three episodes yes. in, and all of a sudden, everyone's being stunned. <laughs> so there is starting to be pushback about. Actually, I shouldn't say starting to be. There's a lot there of pushback going back. on about Disney renaming Slave One. Now, here's what happened. They came out with a Lego set for Slave One, and the fans noticed the box was labeled Star Wars Boba Fett's ship, not Slave One. So at first, Disney said, we're no longer calling Slave One Slave One. So their first commentary was, as a matter of fact... We're going to go back through all the Rebels TV shows, all the Clone Wars, all of the movies. We're going to take out them saying the term Slave One and replace it with Boba Fett's ship. Well, that's what kind of sent fans into a tizzy. They're like, are you kidding me? I love what I have friends on of Daniel Logan on Facebook. Yes. And if you were on his post and he saw that day, he posted up the they supposedly blew up Obi-Wan's uh, fighter. Well, we'll make sure that he'll never track us again, not this Boba Fett spaceship. And he, the tagline is this, how dumb do you think we are, Disney? Right. I'm kind of like, Daniel Logan has some says, has well, some I, cojones. I, I, I think he was just about done with, you know, some of the correctiveness that's going on. It's bad PC. enough. It's bad enough that you go after an actress for speaking her mind. Then you completely erase her from everything. Then you bring her toy line back because, you know what? She's popular. (laughs) So now you're making money off of her, you you dumb idiots. Because you canceled her, and now now, now when she's canceled, now she's a popular character. So now we got to sell it. Right, so we can make money off of it. And now you rename a popular ship in the Star Wars lore. I mean, it's like they couldn't do more to piss off. And the ironic thing is they're, they're pissing off all the same fans. So the same fans who liked Cara Dune are the same ones that like Boba Fett, that like the Mandalorian. By the way, it's all the people who like the Mandalorian culture, you morons. Like, you don't get it. And you know what's ironic? The Mandalorian culture is the most American culture in the Star Wars universe. Yeah. Why? Because the Mandalorians go around and they take all the different cultures and assimilate them into their own. Gee, that sounds like a country I know. Huh. They they also allow them to do as they wish. without Right. Without impeding on them. Yeah. And they let the Mandalorians lead the Mandalorians. Like. You couldn't be more American than to say that the Mandalorians are the American. Sorry, it's American. It is very American. The Mandalorian concept, ideology, all of it. Karen Travis, I bet she would totally agree with me. It couldn't be more American than to be a Mandalorian. And then you're like, but we're gonna, we don't like the name of the ship. We're so gonna we're going to pee all over that. it. Because <laughs> we <laughs> feel like it. Again, so, this is why I think it's Kathleen Kennedy doing this, because I don't think... I, I'm taking Kathleen Disney- Kennedy out of the whole picture right now, because forget that it's her. It might not even be her. That's the thing. We don't know who made this decision. It could have been Bob Chapek at the top of Disney. I don't care who made the decision. You're a moron. If you think Slave One is suddenly just going to get renamed and all the fans are going to be like, oh, it's Boba Fett's Starship. I'm sorry. I've been saying it wrong all these years. Bull. It will always be Slave One. Okay, so this is going to be kind of like a BLM moment. Say its name. Slave one. Slave one. Slave one. (laughs) Say its name. That's going to be my new thing. I'm going to go out to every Disney booth from here till eternity. So wait till Comic Cons are back on. Wait till celebrations are back on. I will be going up to every Disney person I know going, say its name. Slave one. (laughs) Seriously. 
That's my new moniker. I could see Deadpool making a meme. I might even be able to get Daniel Logan and Joe and join in with me on that one. So here's the article that I chose for this one because there were tons of articles I could have, I, but I decided to talk about the actor's response to it. Boba Fett actors Daniel Logan and Mark Anthony Austin criticized Disney for changing the name of Star Wars iconic ship Slave One, played by Jeremy Bullock in Star Wars Episode Five and Star Wars Episode Six. Boba Fett would later reappear in George Lucas's second prequel movie. Logan played a young Boba in Star Wars Episode Two alongside Tamara Morrison, who was introduced as Boba's father, Jango Fett. Austin worked as a visual effects artist on the original Star Wars and played Boba Fett when he was digitally added in the Lucasfilm special edition of A New Hope. Oh, Boba okay. Fett has long been a fan favorite Star Wars character and has only gained more popularity as of late with Morrison playing him in The Mandalorian. The Fett ship Slave One appeared in both the original and prequel trilogies before returning in the Disney Plus series. While Boba's ship has been known as Slave One for decades... It appears Disney is moving away from the name after a Mandalorian Lego set revealed that the ship titled Boba Fett Starship, one of Lego's lead designers, Michael Lee Stockwell, recently explained that everyone is moving away from Slave One name and that the news just hadn't been announced publicly yet. Well, you stupid morons, yet again, you screwed this up. Let's say you did want to rename Bo Slave One. Was this really the way to do it? This is kind of like firing Cara Dune on Facebook. What is wrong with you people? Whoa. What is wrong with you people? Do you not have a PR department? You know what? Hire me. Bring me on. I will fix your crap. If you want to go woke, I'll do it in a way that makes people not pissed off. But this is the kind of crap that pisses people off. Yes, I'm actually getting angry about this. You're actually peeking the audio. And I know, I'm peeking the audio. Heard. I don't care, I'm sorry. It, it needs to be said. I know. But so I, longtime Star Wars fans have criticized the change, and it also looks like two Boba Fett actors aren't happy either. Logan recently posted a meme on his uh, Instagram story of Jango Fett saying, Stay calm, son, we'll be fine. No one can beat Boba Fett's starship. That's actually the one I was talking about. It is about. the one you're talking about. Austin <laughs> posted on Twitter with a lengthy, ex ex lengthy explanation of why Slave One name is important. Slave One, let me start by saying that I hope this isn't a rebranding. I hope this is limited to just a Lego set aimed at kids who are new to the character Boba Fett. This is my hope. Slave One, it's that all-important one that is key. It's the one that makes all the difference. If you ask somebody what Slave One means, they are either going to be familiar with Star Wars or they are not. If that person is not familiar with Star Wars, then one will confuse them. They won't know what they are talking about. You know what slave means, but slave one could mean anything. They would have to answer to give to you. If that person is familiar with Star Wars, they'll tell you exactly what it is. It's Boba Fett's spaceship, befitting his profession and his ominous character. I am Boba Fett, and if I don't stand up for slave one, then who will? And that's by Mark Boba Fett Austin. Disney hasn't publicly addressed the slave one name change. There's your other problem. So you do it, then you don't address it when it goes... Mm -hmm. So it could be <laughs> limited to the Lego set, as Austin mentioned above. That being said, it wouldn't be a big surprise if Disney did decide to permanently modify the name of the Giddy. ship, since it will likely be featured a lot in the upcoming The Book of Fett Boba, TV, Boba Fett TV show. While some may not see the change as a big deal, others are upset claiming it takes away from Boba Fett's dark legacy. Austin tries to argue that the one in the title Slave One is important, but he also argues a good point that many people might not even know that what Slave One is if they aren't well-versed in Star Wars lingo. 
The fact is, the only times Disney really has to describe Slave 1 as Boba Fett's starship is in merchandise for the Book of Boba Fett and The Mandalorian. It may not be necessary to have characters mention the ship's name at all in the shows. Fans of any big franchise like Star Wars get upset when changes are made to canon, so the House of Mouse likely knows changing the name Slave 1 will cause some controversy. However, it's probably not going to cause a big enough issue that Disney, issue that Disney reverses their decision. I think that they've almost doubled down on it by this article's publishing date. Yeah, this well, was, this, this was published 30th, on so June thirtieth. There has been quote unquote clarification from Disney. By the way, one of the clarifying comments was, "Well, we can't market to kids with the term slave." All right, fair. I, I'll agree that that is a a good point, but it is not absolute. Even I don't as, agree that's a good point. Well, even as Mark Anthony pointed. It's not a good point. Do you really think Lego sets are marketed to children? The Star Wars Lego sets? Come on. Give me no, the truth. Actually, that's more marketed to fans. But there are some. And fans are generally what? Older adults. Thank you. They're my age. They're my age. Understandably. But if a parent was going to the shelf and they saw that, and you know PC parents nowadays, they see something on the shelf, they have to make a huge video about it. And, but and that's complain. the problem. Slave Leia was a problem. Really? It was marketed that way for 30 years. For 30 years, nobody had a problem. Now suddenly we've got a problem with and it. Dude, Slave One ass. has been marketed for decades, 50 years, something like that. Mm-hmm. I remember Slave One on packaging when I was a kid, I never once, my parents never once in their wildest dreams, and you know how conservative my parents yeah. are, ever put together Slave One as, oh my gosh, they're collecting a whole bunch of African-American slaves. That's not what it means. That's not what it represents. That's not what it is. I really have no defense for Disney's on their, their stupidity here. I'm just, I am appalled. And I do wonder how far Disney can push Till there's a pushback. And I think there is being pushback. I the really fact do. that Daniel Logan joined in on this one kind of gives me hope. I, I was waiting I, for T- Tamia Morrison to join in on, the, on that. I, oh, I, am, I am sadly disappointed in Tim. But I think he's also trying to protect his contract. I think he's trying to protect his job right now because yeah. he needs the job for Book of Boba Fett. I get it. I understand it. But at the same time, it really would mean a lot to the fans. I personally think if he would come out and say, you know what? I don't agree with it either. I wish Disney hadn't made this change or was somehow he could walk that weird trench, you know, like, but guys, you got to look at it this way. Using slave for marketing is not smart with kids. Like he could figure out a way to walk the middle line, but he didn't. He never has. And I'm kind of like a disappointed with him. I thought he was a little better than that. And that's where I'm kind of disappointed with, with time. So I've made my point clear about where I stand with slave one. I'd be curious as to what, you all think about the term Slave One. You hear that, Disney? We want your viewpoint. Tell well, us what's actually, going on. I don't care about Disney's viewpoint. You know what, Disney? You can stick it up your and smoke it because <laughs> um, I, I really don't care. Wow. I, I'm I'm really so close upset. To Dave Bongino. I, am, I no, I am like up your mm, hole, okay? Uh, because <laughs> yes, I I I'm I'm over it. I'm over it between Cara Dune. Slave Leia, now Slave One, what's next? Like, where where do you stop? Where do you stop? I mean, 
when, when are you going? When are they going to realize that all the Imperial officers' uniforms are based on Nazi uniforms? Are you going to go back through and scrub every movie, make them naked because that's the only way you can be? You know, like where does it stop? We can't call it the Empire anymore. That's 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 colonialism. You can't have colonialism. You, you, no, we're going to call them the dark bad dudes. That's what we'll call them because that's less and you know imperialistic and colonialistic. Where does it stop? Where does it stop? If you keep doing this, where does it stop? Another thing I saw right before you recorded. Reportedly out of Disney, Dawson's Ahsoka is leading the Mandoverse. It is not going to be Pedro Pascal. That reportedly there might not be a new season of Mando. I called it. That they're going to go with these Ahsoka shows and everything else where they can put the wolf. I told you. I called it. I called it. That was the end of The Mandalorian. The Cara Dune controversy it's, cut that show. It's rumor. It might be rumor, but I'm telling you, I, I think that's what's going to happen. I think to save them, their controversy, they're just not going to bring The Mandalorian back. And then they don't have to have the Cara Dune controversy. They don't even have to address it. They'll just, it's done. We're now into Ahsoka land and we're into Boba Fett land and we can ignore whatever came before that. It, that, that that's not necessary anymore. We don't talk about it. But no, that's bad. Well, I'm not saying I agree with it. I'm just telling you that's how they're viewing it. I'm saying that it's wrong and fight like hell about that. That's bullshit. Well, like I said, I guess the question is how far can Disney push till the fans say enough? I'm I'm not not only going to push back, but they're going to start spending their money that way. I'm going to be honest with you. If you came out with a Star Wars movie right now, I wouldn't go see it. No. I would not go see it, and I would not go see it. And remember, I'm the guy that went to saw go see Last Jedi, even when everybody else was like, screw Disney, I'm not going to see it. I was like, I'll give them a chance anyway. I'm now at the point where I'm like, that's it. I'm done. I will not go to a movie. I will not support your franchise. I will not buy. I will not collect your products. I will not buy things to continue to support you. Why would I put my money on things that I cannot stand the way you're operating and running? So until Disney gets their hands out of Star Wars, I might be done with Star Wars. Like, as far as supporting it monetarily. I'm at the point where it's like, I hear Lucas is going in, I hear Favreau's going in, I hear Dave Filoni's going in to try to Till I see Kathleen Kennedy out the door and I know somebody else is fixing it, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'd wonder how many fans are going to join me. Maybe I'll start a movement. Thousands of fans. Join me. Join me in boycotting Star Wars until Kathleen Kennedy is gone. Now you sound like Overlord DVD. I might sound like him. I don't care. But you know what? KK has got to go. Add one more K, and that's how I feel about it. Oof. That's right. Because I'm done with her. I'm done with all this woke crud. I'm What's done with the way. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what Kathleen Kennedy's middle name is. I'd be curious. That would be ugly. <laughs> Kathleen <laughs> Catherine Kennedy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope it's not. But I'm, I, I am, I am, I am over her. I am over everything going on at Disney. I don't know who is running the Star Wars division of Disney. George has got to be just like rolling his eyes. I mean, his eyes have got to be hurting from rolling at this point. Apparently, in an interview after the Last Jedi came in and said they totally destroyed what well, I he created. Didn't, he never liked the three movies they made. That there's no, no doubt about that. He, he I'm just saying garbage. I'm wondering what he thinks now about like. I bet he liked The Mandalorian. He enjoyed it. I'd be put money down. He is disappointed in how they're handling the marketing of it. And Disney has shown they don't care about the marketing arm. All they want is the money. That's that's people, when you realize that's all they're after, the moolah, 
They want your money. They want you to go to a movie theater and spend money. They want you to go buy the toys and spend money. They want to slap the Star Wars name on anything on the earth so you'll go spend money on it. And they don't care about anything else. So well, that's my, my viewpoint. So we'd love to hear from you. <laughs> Let's quickly change topics, please. Well, I, I'm probably going to get Who knows? I might not be on YouTube after this. You might have to go to Rumble yeah. just to find it. So anyway, uh, heck, I don't even know if Facebook's going to allow us to have the live. We'll see. So, so, so we'd love to hear what you have to say about Marvel's Man. What If. We'd love to hear what you have to say about Shang-Chi. And, of course, our thoughts on Slave One and the Boba Fett ship. So please head on over to galaxycast at gmail.com. Let us know. You can find us on Facebook. Find us on Twitter. Find us on MeWe. Find us on YouTube. Find us on Rebel. Or find the GalaxyCast on Facebook and comment on our live uh, broadcast as it's happening, oh as, as we give you our viewpoints. I know. There's so many things we're doing now. I know. But all I'm we're saying, so good. <laughs> I'm thinking to myself is, if I ever get in the industry... Never sell it to Disney. That's right. Nobody <laughs> should ever sell it to Disney. It's oh, Disney. by the way, if you're on YouTube and Rumble, okay, hit that Rumble button. If you're on YouTube, hit that like and subscribe button. Click below. That's important. That helps us out. Helps keep our feed going. Uh, we'll be back in just a moment. We're going to talk about the next two episodes of One Division. What's the problem? I think you know what the problem is just as well as I do. What are you talking about, Hal? This mission is too important for me to allow you to jeopardize it. I don't know what you're talking about, Hal. I know that you and Frank were planning to disconnect me. And I'm afraid that's something I cannot allow to happen. Oh boy, I think we need to get our computer under control. We'll be back after this break. I think. Right, Hal? Introducing Death Star World, two play sets in one, new from Star Wars Micro Collection line. Fourteen die-cast figures and action poses included. Death Star Escape has an elevator and a cannon that explodes. Wow! It connects the Death Star Compactor. It's you and me, Ben Kenobi. What's this? Oh, no! The wall! Run for it! Made it! Death Star World from Star Wars Micro Collection line. Play sets also sold separately, figures included. New from Kenner. He has no idea who his father is. For all we know, it could be midi-chlorians creating life from lifelessness. But he was raised by his mother on the ranch on the planet Shadow. Although his mother said the 40 hands that worked on the ranch were just as much his parents as she was. Not much is known about his childhood, his schooling, or anything about him before the Unification War. Though many have commented that he is surely practical and not very intellectual but he has surprised some by displaying knowledge of Zhang Yu or poems by Samuel Taylor Coleridge. But he still has no idea what or who Mona Lisa is. He earned the rank of sergeant during the Great Unification War between the Independents and the Alliance. He did have a second-in-command that stayed by his side through the whole war and even became a close personal friend after the war. He survived four major battles during the Unification War, including the Battle of Dukang in 2510. He survived a long winter campaign in New Kashmir, where he commanded a platoon. He was even in the bloodiest and shortest battle in all the war, according to Badger, the ground campaign at the Battle of Sturgis, although he considers it the second bloodiest battle. He was involved in many other campaigns and battles, but the turning point for him and all of the independents was the physical and emotional defeat at the Battle of Serenity Valley on the planet Hera. 
He was part of the 57th Overlanders Brigade of the Independence, and Badger often refers to that brigade as the Balls and Bayonets Brigade, although it's unclear where the brigade earned that nickname. After the war, he acquired his own ship, a derelict 03 K64 Firefly class transport. That's where he put together a crew and met River and Dr. Simon Tam, Shepard Dariel Book, Kaylee Fry, Jane Cobb, Inara Sarah, Hoban Washburn, and his second mate, the person that never left his side, Zoe Washburn. He named the ship Serenity after the Battle of Serenity Valley, the decisive battle of the Unification War, and he earned the nickname Mal, but you may all know him as Malcolm Reynolds, captain of the Serenity and cowboy in space. And now you know the rest of the Galaxy Cast story. Do you own a business or a podcast? Are you looking for ways to expand the audience you reach? Then Star Productions could help you. Southern Tier Audio Recording Productions started off as a homegrown audio recording company, offering professional recordings for aspiring musicians. It is now a multifunctional business, offering DJ services, recording, and advertising services to those who own businesses and podcasts. Email us at galaxycast at gmail.com with the subject advertising if you are interested. We look forward to creating a professional commercial for you that can be used in this podcast or even at your local radio station. Many have exclaimed that our services are out of this world. a dog that appeared out of nowhere? Did your twin boys give you that can we keep him face till you just gave in? And now suddenly you need that dog gone, but you don't know where to turn? The Dog Be Gone is the perfect product for you. We take care of your dog and make sure that it is gone in the most inconvenient way and at the worst possible time. Did your kids get their first dog while in the kitchen? Did you think about drowning that dog in a sink of water while saying, we just need to give this dirty old dog its first bath? Then Dog Be Gone is the product for you. We have multiple ways for your dog to be gone. Quick and painless, we got that. Long and drawn out, we got that. In front of your neighbor and odd best friend, we can make that happen. Away from your husband, we can make that a reality as well. At Dog Be Gone, we don't discriminate either. Whether your dog is a beagle, Doberman, German Shepherd, Chihuahua, Golden Retriever, or just a mutt. We can take care of that as well. Dog Be Gone, when you care enough to make the very best disappear. Even if that dog was never real anyway. No dogs were harmed in the making of this commercial. Welcome back to the Galaxy Cast. You could use a good kiss! Hey folks, welcome back to this episode of the Galaxy Cast as we talk about Season 1, Episode 6 of WandaVision titled All New Halloween Spooktacular. Are we doing 7 as well? And we're going to do Episode 7 here in just a minute. Sure, I'll bring that up. It's uh, Episode 7 titled Breaking the Fourth Wall, which we just did in order to talk about Breaking the Fourth Wall, so it's all good. (laughs) So let's go back to Episode 6. Again, I'm going to read right off of Wikipedia's descriptions. There'll be information in the show notes to follow along with us, and we'll talk a little bit about what's going on. 
So in a late 1990s and early 2000s setting, and we both agreed that it was which Malcolm in the Middle, right? Malcolm in the Middle was the intro style. Introduction style. Yeah. Uh, Maximoff wants to spend Tommy or spend Tommy and Billy's first Halloween together as a family. And this one started to feel a little bit different towards the beginning. And of course I thought mm-hmm. the I thought the classic Halloween costumes for Vision and Wanda were kind of cool, actually, having a Scarlet Witch and Vision yeah, classic costume. Yeah, they costumes. wrote it off so weird. I know, but I thought it was kind of funny. I, I actually kind of liked it. I, I liked the fact that we did it, but I didn't want it being written off that Vision is being uh, a, a Mexican wrestler and she's being a Sokovian... Uh, yeah, but if you look back at the old, like, 80s and 90s Halloween costumes, it was so much in the style of what oh, people yeah, did absolutely. back then. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. I just... The way they wrote it off in the CAD canon didn't it's make so sense. It's so funny because I look at that now and I'm like, oh my gosh, what were we doing in the 90s? Like, it's so pre-cosplay. It's not even funny. Yellow there's basketball no three, shorts. Right. There's no 3D printers. There's, you know, like, <laughs> what what were we thinking? You know, like. Well, it's kind of like uh, when people talked about having lightsaber duels with baseball bats out in the street. <laughs> well, it wasn't even baseball bats sometimes. It was like. Sticks. Uh, Sticks or fo- or foam, like the foam pool things, but we yeah. would put sticks in them, you know, like, I, it, yeah, and it was... Almost similar to what you did for the stun sabers. Kind of, yeah, yeah. It, it's just, we, we would, yeah. The, well, I love we, Family Guy. We didn't the, have all the cool stuff we have now, you know, there weren't, you know... Were plastic lightsabers. There weren't, not even plastic, like, I'm talking about, like, you know, the the combat grade lightsabers did not exist when yeah. I was younger yeah. that you could do cool stuff like that. And, and they were and mostly collectibles you mount on your wall. Yeah. You, you lighted it up and went, Ooh, ah, it lights up. That's so cool. You know, like you, you wouldn't have had the well, cool stuff we have was now. It something, something dark side where family guy made fun of it being kind of yeah. car. <laughs> yeah. And I also thought, you know, the other thing I thought about too, is like, like look at the special effects stuff we have now when it comes to cosplay. So like, you could have Scarlet Witch doing this thing, right, with, yeah. and have the electronic Lights. spinny things yeah. in front and make it look cool, which, the, you know, in the 80s and 90s, we didn't have stuff like that. It was like technology, you, man. got to use your brain and think about those kinds of things and imagine it in your head. Whereas, you know, they nowadays we can create it. We can make it look like it's actually happening. It's, yeah. it's, it's kind of actually, on the other hand, when you flip it over the other way, it is amazing how far we have come in the cosplay community. So anyway. Yep. So they get together. They're going to go to Halloween together as a family. But Vision tells her he is going to patrol the streets with the Neighborhood Watch. Which, again, we're, we're dating ourselves because I don't even think Neighborhood Watches are around anymore. If they are, I've never heard of Neighborhood Watches anymore. Mm-hmm. But I've always thought about this. With all of our crime problems, you know, one of the things we could bring back is the Neighborhood Watch. I thought it was an effective thing. It's where... I don't know if you ever heard of the Neighborhood I've Watch. I've heard of it. I've seen um, science about it where it's... Out like if you go not too far away from our house, it's we live. Up, we live in up, suburban up, America. Yeah, if we drive up the hill and go left over there, like you're heading over towards the Suzy Q. You don't need place. to tell people where we are, but it, it, we live in suburbia. Mm-hmm. But I in in suburban America in the 80s, 90s, it was not uncommon for people to get together with their neighbors, and somebody would just kind of walk the streets a couple times at night. So like maybe at nine o'clock, ten o'clock, eleven o'clock, you go walk your neighborhood. And you do that two or three times and during the night just to kind of, you know, maybe you did it more like 
10, 11, and 1 a.m. or something around that, that, that time frame. You would do that, and you would re kind of report in if there was a problem to the neighbors. Or if there was an issue, you'd call the police and have the police help out. Um, a lot of times you tried to handle the issues in the neighborhood yourself before you got the police involved because the idea was to help the police, not put more work on the police. So neighborhood watches, I don't think they're a bad thing. Maybe they're something we can bring back. Going on, Pietro offers to step in as a father figure and takes the boys trick-or-treating. So we're talking about the Pietro from last episode. We we're talking about the new Quicksilver. The Quicksilver from the Mutant movies right. for the actor. Causing mischief with his super speed, which Tommy is revealed to have inherited. So one yep. of the boys, which, by the way, in the comic books, this was true. One of the boys has Quicksilver's speed, which is exactly what happens in the comics. And then it's almost that total mother thing. Like, if you're going to break the sound barrier, take your brother with you. Right. It was kind of like that. And I could totally see Grandma looking at you if Uncle Mike had super speed and be like, take your brother with you. I wouldn't even want to think about my brother having super speed <laughs> and what that would have done for us and the things we could have done as kids. Are you kidding me? Oh, the wrestle fights would have been three Duh. seconds long and <laughs> destroyed half the house. Meanwhile, Vision explores <laughs> further away from their house and finds residents of Westview standing, in fro standing frozen in their positions, including Agnes. Now, you know... It a few of them are stuck in a giga loop. Right, I was going to say, they, they get stuck in this, like, loop, right? They're doing the I'm same thing over and over and over again. I'm taking it down, putting up. I did think about, like, if you were a person that was stuck in this town and you were putting the same pumpkin back and forth, you know, I, I think I'd want to die. You know what I mean? Like, seriously, well, I, like, I wouldn't want to be doing, doing that. It. We have the one where she's hanging the skeleton up and she's crying. Well, I mean, isn't that, like, wouldn't you find that painful, doing the same and thing over and, like, over and over and over and over and over? Stop. Well, all I can think about, too, is, like, when you get older, just, like, doing it would be physically exhausting. Like, yeah. you know, like, just doing it over and over and over again would be just physically exhausting. I'm, like, slowly in pain. So then he goes to Agnes, who appears frozen. But I want to say something here, because I'm sure you've all figured it out by the now. You've seen the end. You know everything that goes on. Mm -hmm. For Agnes to be frozen is bull. Absolutely. Like, we all know that, right? Like, you know yep. that, I know that. At the time, yep. I didn't catch on to it. But now that I've, we know the ending, I'm kind of like, whoa. Like, as I pointed out to Austin as we watched it this time, she had to do some serious acting there to convince Vision that she was part of it, too. So Vision speaks to Agnes's real, real self, and she tells him that he is dead. Yeah, and it kind of turns to that moment where it's like, dead, 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 and he just, like, shuts her up. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think she was trying to spark the change that needed to happen in order for Agnes to kind of take over this whole scenario. Even though I think she was partially in control, I still think she was controlling Scarlet Witch, who was controlling everything. Yeah. But I think she was getting exhausted trying to control Scarlet Witch. So she was trying to get Scarlet Witch to stop controlling everything so that she could kind of, you know, get Jump, some relief yeah. in her, her witchcraft or whatever you want to call it. Her magic power. Her magic power. So, I, you know, but the fact that she tells him he's dead, I think is important. It's kind of like a self-revelation moment that, oh my gosh, I am not here. Like, th this isn't realistic. Meanwhile, outside of Westview, in the land of Sword. <laughs> outside Westview, Hayward orders Rambo, Lewis, and Wu to leave the base for disagreeing with his decision to attack, attack Maxima. So they're still arguing about that missile attack from the last episode. Mm -hmm. And Hayward, because he's a jerk, tells them basically, get the heck out of here. I, I disagree with you. It needed to be done. 
She's a uh, terrorist. Right. Etc. But they sneak inside and hack into his computer to discover that he has been tracking Vision's vibranium signature. So basically what Hayward's been doing is he's been using Vision as a way to track where Wanda's at inside what's going on in Westview because he doesn't know how else to track her at this point. And he so, also tracks all of the other uh, bystanders. Correct. He's trying he to track as many of the bystanders. He yeah. upset that he's not discussing that with people. Correct. Well, like he hasn't told family. Like, imagine if your family was stuck in this town and nobody told you. Like, yeah. I would be kind of upset, too. So Vision tries to push through the static wall, but he begins to disintegrate because, again, and this he's is where people dead. got confused. He's not a thing. He doesn't exist yet. Or doesn't anymore, well, he, he I should say. Anymore, and not he, anymore. What really happens is uh, he's disintegrating back to where he was at the end of Infinity, Infinity War. War. Right. Billy senses this because I think Billy has a connection to Vision. He, she, I think he gets her. They psionic never really, powers. yeah, they never really reveal it. But Billy's supposed to have Vision's psionic powers, while the other one, Tommy, has the speed. And they never actually really reveal Billy having the psionic powers, and he should have. So Billy senses this, tells uh, Juan to Maximoff, who expands the hexagonal static wall. So she gets angry. Because she doesn't want Vision to realize he's dead, so she just expands the wall. Meanwhile, beyond. in this moment, they uh, Darcy tries to tell them to save Vision, and instead they handcuff her to a truck. Right. So Vision, Lewis, and several sword agents are enveloped in a new boundary, and what I thought was hysterical about the envelopment of all the sword agents... They turn to clowns and circus she, folk. she puts them in a circus. I thought that was actually hysterical. My wife's like, you're a little twisted. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I think it's funny that you put all the sword agents in a circus. Because that's kind of what they are at this point. They are a big old three-ring circus. Like, what do we do? You know, We're like, going to shoot people inside this yeah, town. Yeah. <laughs> So a claymation commercial during the WandaVision program advertises Yo Magic Yogurt. You know, the yogurt that when you can open it, you can use the magic. Except the kid dies before he can open the yogurt. I just want to point that out in the commercial. That's a little morbid. And you said, speaking back to the Infinity Stones, this one's supposed to represent the Reality Stone, correct? No, Reality Stone is the next one for Nexus. Okay, so then this one is what? I think this is Soul Stone. The Soul Stone? Okay. Because it's the Soul Yeah, because you would die first before you could use the magic. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just thought, you know, again, kind of a sick and twisted commercial. Now, if you've ever seen the old Gogurt commercials, that it looks just like those. It's that same claymation. And oh, everything. okay. I, I Yeah, there was it was one of the old Gogurt yeah. commercials. I can see it. Yeah. So episode seven, Breaking <laughs> yep. the Fourth Wall, which let's talk about that for a second. Breaking the Fourth Wall means what? Deadpool. Okay, Deadpool does it, but what does breaking the fourth wall mean? Talking right to the audience. Thank you. Speaking directly to the camera like I do to you guys sometimes. Facebook Live, I'm doing it for you right now. So speaking right at the camera, that's breaking the fourth wall. So in a mid to late 2000s setting, now you said that you... There were a couple. One of them was Modern Family. Which I'll be honest, and then people rip on me about this, I've never seen Modern Family, I so I didn't get it. I to watch Modern I Family. I just never got into it. And then the other one, it's a show from the... 80s it's uh a show where all uh, things will randomly happen so it's like okay the reason the house starts changing all the time yeah it's her magic but it's the same reality as like uh it's another show where the coffee pot will lift up and pour down consistently all the time even to overfilling a cup okay so, so the we, we had the these two, two different kind of intros again. Mm-hmm. So Maximoff, and I'm assuming that when they say Maximoff, they're talking about Wanda, decides to have a day to herself. 
and Agnes agrees to babysit Tommy and Billy. And this whole like beginning section is like it's actually kind of creepy and kind of weird. But then it's yep. like when you realize that Wanda's pushed the walls out, and she's the one using all of her hex powers to keep it going. Which I thought it was funny they called it a hex, and finally they just kind of broke down and called it a hex. That she's having a harder and harder time as it gets bigger and bigger and bigger to control everything that's going on. So now, you know, you look at a wall and it's a 1980s wall with a 1970s curtain curtain, and, and the, a the, ceiling from the 1990s and a 2000 staircase or whatever's next to it. So everything's breaking down on Wanda. She's not able to control it all. It's kind of like, you know, just losing complete control over everything. We also see her like exhausted other than just right. physically it's also looks like I think she's emotionally and she's mentally emotion- spent she's emotionally and, and and you also see it's like feeling in the air of like the parents are not in good places right I also think it's possible that because all these intrusions are happening she's not able to run the TV show side as much as she was because she's trying to fight off sword and everything else they too even right? mentioned to Hayward that the channel has gone just to static right so Maximoff sees various parts of her house constantly changing and is unable to control them. Vision wakes up to find the sword agents inside the boundary and are now members of a circus. So he suddenly realizes that all those people that he saw the previous night are now in this circus that's around him. He releases Lewis from the spell and she tells Vision about his death and the events that led to the current situation. So she kind of brings him up to speed. It's kind of like the way she did it, though. She didn't just come out right and be like, okay, you're dead, and the world snapped, and half the people died. Like, that yeah. could have been, like, totally devastating, right? Like, that could have been, like, Ugh, you know, like, just, that would have been mind-crushing. Yeah. Instead, she tried and kind of tries to, like, ease him into the idea that, like, you know, what your wife's doing is not exactly uh, kosher yeah. with what's going on in the outside world. But I love the explanation. It's like, well, she killed you. But it was a good thing. She told right. you to. Right. And then you told her to. And then the guy just reversed time and killed you again. Right. <laughs> and he did it again. So she got to watch you die twice. It's just like, you know, it was just kind of like, kind of like this bad joke. That yeah. Just, it was a so timed. it was, it was, you know, Darcy could have done it in a way that was bad. And instead, I think she was kind of nice about it. Well, it was, it was perfectly. Timed. So outside of Westview, Rambo and Wu meet with loyal sword personnel and obtain a vehicle designed to cross the barrier. Sure, we'll call it that. It's more or less I mean, it's like a cool a vehicle. Moon, it's a big me, moon rover. It's a big moon rover, and it's a cool vehicle and all, but I'm just kind of like, how are you convinced this was going to get in the barrier? But okay, so you drive the the vehicle as fast as you can and straight at the barrier, thinking you're just going to get through, and it doesn't quite happen that way. Well, the barrier has redensified, whereas normally when they ran through the barrier, they could cross through, which right. is why the beekeeper costume and... Right. The drone. And other so things. when the tactic proves unsuccessful, Rambo decides to enter herself. Mm-hmm. And this is where I told my son, I am pretty sure this is where this is where she gets imbued with some power and is eventually going to become the Captain Marvel that we know in the comic books. Yeah, the black and white suit. So uh, there's right, black American. and white version, right? If you watch carefully for people who are like, how do you know? There's two things. First off, the Captain Marvel from the 90s really was three women in one. So she could become three different women. Actually, she could even separate her body at one point into three different women. They show that as she's walking through the hex. The other thing they show, if you pay really close attention, 
her eye color changes. So she gets that blue eye color. And then, then if you notice, she's looking in there and she starts seeing all the electronics and everything else. She's seeing the energy. And I think that's really what the big deal is here is, if I remember correctly, that Captain Marvel had the ability to see energy around her and around objects. So that made her very powerful in that regard. Going on, she passes through the static wall and emerges with seemingly heightened vision. That's the, what I was talking about. Rambo confronts Maximoff. That might not have been the smartest thing, by the way. But Agnes tells Rambo to leave and makes Mac takes Maximoff to her house. Sure, we'll call it that. She tells her to leave. No, she gets threatened by Wanda pretty severely. Gets Don't make tossed me about. end you or yeah. whatever. <laughs> it's like whoa. And, and but I thought about this too. If 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 she's lonely and she's upset about the death of her husband. Confronting her may not have been the smartest choice ever. No, no, but no, I'm no, not no. sure Rambo understands that's exactly what's going on yet. So that might be why she's, you know, not really seeing it that way. I think if she knew the whole story, she might have maybe done this differently. And that's where I kind of feel like Hayward really is holding well, back on them. He's not telling them the full story. She may have been explained that because I want to say two episodes, Wu kind of covered everything. Right. Kind happened. of, yeah. So Maximoff looks for the boys in the basement because she's now over at Agnes's house and she discovers a strange lair. And I'll tell you, the minute she walked down there, I even said to my son, uh, I think she's a witch. <laughs> like, I think it was like the first thing that popped out of my mouth. Well, no, the first thing we were like, this scene's kind of creepy. What's going on? Where's the boys? And well, and I'll tell you what grabbed my attention is at the top of so they had like the it's like a circular room, right? Mm -hmm. And at top of each pillar, there's a a symbol. Oh, you were in the basement. Right? Uh, yeah, in the basement. Okay. Uh, and then uh, what caught my attention about that is those symbols are the same symbols that showed up when they did the whole season on Agents of Shield with Ghost Rider. Those are the same oh. symbols. I was, was kind of like same symbols that Strange uses a little bit, a little bit too, and I think they're all connected too. So you got to remember all these symbols. I think are supposed to be interconnected anyway, and but when I saw those, I was like, oh man, she's a witch. That's for sure. So Agnes introduces herself as a witch named Agatha Harkness, which like every Marvel fan, by the way, googled it that night. It was funny. I went to Google and I went to go type in Agatha Harkness. It showed up right away, and it was like the number two Google search that night. I was like, oh "Okay, my goodness!" Uh, and reveals that she has been disrupting Max Ma's life, including sending an imposter as Pietro, and she admits to killing Sparky. How dare dog. you! But. When they go back and they show you all the things that Agnes did, you kind of go, holy crap. And like, you know, like, how did I not realize this? On the same post where I was looking up the uh, intros, they mentioned this song being the Munsters. Yes, this was the Munsters. Yes, I was going to say that, too. Yeah. Yep. Um, And it, it, yeah. And and it was kind of like when you when you when you went back with her them and looked at all the things Agnes did, you kind of went, oh, my gosh, I'm an idiot. How did I not see that? Right. But it was subtle. It was so subtle. It and was that good. It was like perfectly played. But if they yeah. could have sped up a little bit on the yep, queuing so, it in kind of thing. Finishing this in. off, a commercial during the WandaVision program advertises Nectus antidepressants. Nexus for all your antidepressant needs. I, I thought this one was kind of interesting too because in in this regard, the the Nexus has 
shown up in some other things too. We're watching Loki currently. It shows up there. You think it's the the reality stone? Is that what you said? The fan theory is that this is the reality stone because you yeah. start off talking about a different reality where you right. feel like you're not in your own reality. Yeah, I feel I like it. it's a little on the nose. The nexus thing is they they said as well is that this is, it feels like a and this post was made a while a hint at what's going on in Loki. Right. This right. is before Loki dropped. So. Makes okay. sense. So let's take a minute and because we're running out of time here and we're, we're just going to take a minute and let's let's use both episodes. We're going to give them a number value. So it's oh. ears that don't bother. Tens a must see. So let's start with all new Halloween spectacular. You want to start this one or you want me? Uh, I'll give it a solid solid seven. Seven. OK. It's kind of interesting to see the uncle come in and be a, a pain in the rear side of the mom. But it definitely wasn't. You had that ability where you kind of see that the different universes are being played out where mm-hmm. what he perceives as what was reality versus what she knows. See, I was going to give that one an eight because I, I actually enjoyed some of the humor. I like the fact that the sword agents became the circus at the end, which they mm-hmm. are in my mind. I just thought it was a well played out situation. And I, I just thought it was a, actually a pretty decent episode. It was the first episode where like I felt like my eyes were starting to get open. Okay. How about the second one, the fourth wall? What'd you think of that one? Uh, I'll give that an eight. Okay. Definitely a, a unique style of how they were filming it and taking care of it, but it was also. You finally see Agatha and her thing. I love that song. It was awesome. Yes, it was very <laughs> that, cool. That, that song made me laugh and actually was like, oh, okay. So now we're, we're jumping back into the pool and we're going to explain things. Um, her falling apart, I didn't necessarily like. I liked the interviews with Darcy and Vision almost office style. Yep. And I love he's like, I swear she's putting these obstacles in her way so yeah, I can't I like, get home. I like how Vision would break the fourth wall every once in a while, look at the camera and be like, I shouldn't even be doing an interview with you guys. Why well, are I, we doing this? Like, I could fly. Right, like, what am I doing here? <laughs> I just thought that was kind of funny. I'll, I'll admit, awesome, I, like, I, I would give this one an eight, too, and that's because of the humor. I actually thought there was a lot of good humor in this one. Like, when you look at Malcolm in the middle, that's the point of the humor, right? Like, that fourth wall break was for Malcolm to have some humor and, and interact with the audience, and I kind of felt like they did a good job on that. These two episodes were the first time that I kind of felt like they're starting to finally connect the dots and things are finally starting to make sense and you really want to kind of know yeah. more about what's going on. And that's why I kept telling everybody, hang on for like you know, episode five, six, because then you're going to want to know more and then you're going to be like, all right, I got to finish this thing out. And that's what, so this is my problem with this show is it, it takes episode six and seven to really draw it in finally get you to that point so you get you to the point where you're like yes this is a good show and then there's two episodes right and then i you know it's, like, it's funny because we're gonna do captain america and winter soldier next i kind of felt like it was the opposite every episode of captain america and winter soldier was like oh my gosh what's gonna happen next because it's moving 90 miles an hour and you can't even take it all in and then yeah. here it's kind of like oh my gosh get to the point we get it yeah. this is a tv show and that's not reality can we just get there you and know? the climax at the end of falcon winter soldier feels fulfilled right Whereas here you kind of walk away going, eh. you, you get that like almost heartwarming finale, but mm-hmm. then it kind of bottoms out. It kind of feels like when, and I say this cause I'm dealing with that. When Ruth moved out, it was like the next morning I woke up, went, 
Good morning. Oh, Ruth's not here. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know what to like do with this, that. This empty feeling. Yes. Like, huh, okay. All right. This is how it's going to be. Okay. So those were our thoughts about the latest two episodes of WandaVision. Again, let us know at galaxycast at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook. Find us on Twitter. Find us on We. Find us on Rumble. Find us on YouTube. Hit that like and subscribe button. Give us some comments in YouTube. We'd love to hear from you. Find if you're on Facebook you- watching live, we'd love to hear what you have to say there as well. And as we like to say here in the Star Production Studios, may the force be with those who listen to Jedi Killer Dillion and Shatterpoints just for my father. Thanks for taking the time to listen to this episode of the Galaxy Cast. We hope the show enlightened you on some of the latest stories in the realms of science fiction, fantasy, and cosplay. We appreciate your time, and we also value your opinion. We'd love to hear from you. Please take some time to send us your feedback at our email, which is galaxycast at gmail.com. Or you can contact us via social media. Just head on over to Facebook or Twitter and search the word galaxycast, all one word, and leave us some comments. If you want to see some behind the scenes of our production, head on over to YouTube and search GalaxyCast there as well. You will find us under our Star Productions banner. The GalaxyCast podcast can also be found online at GalaxyCast.com or through your podcast aggregators like the Apple Store or Spotify. The GalaxyCast is a production by Star Productions. Themed commercials within this episode are also written and produced by Bob Chrisman, through Star Productions, all rights reserved. Music from the intro and outro of the Galaxy Cast can be found online at www.silvermansound.com. Intro music is titled Switch Me On, and outro music is titled The Gatekeepers. You can find links in our show notes. Until next time, Galaxy Cast fans, follow the first star to the right and straight on till morning.